Hey, what's up, Packers fans? This is the G-Spot Packers Podcast. I'm Paul. I've got Brian here hosting with me. Check us out on Twitter at the G-Spot Packers 1. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or CastBox. Uh, Brian, the Packers laid an absolute egg in Los Angeles. The offense struggled and was totally out of sync, and the defense gave up way too many yards and time, which eventually, even though they kept the Chargers to field goals, cost us in the end. So the Packers fell to 7-2, and two. Uh, really have looked worse than they have looked all year. And uh, yeah, so on this podcast, we're going to uh, look ahead to the game against the Panthers, do our hot chitter hot takes of the week. Uh, but we're going to start, uh, in the words of Rodgers, uh, Packers got served some humble pie that the Chargers served up. So so what, what went wrong? Well, it started off uh, in the trenches with the offensive line. They had a lot of penalties and uh, misprotections that led to sacks. Um, Their first possession uh, was led to a third and long because of a penalty, which ended in a sack. Second possession, same thing. And the third possession had a block in the back. Uh, And then the next play was a delay a game, which inevitably killed that drive as well. And that was our three first half possessions. Yeah, pass rushers uh, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa really had their way with what had been a pretty solid offensive line all year. Pretty great offensive line, to be honest. You know, the Chargers were able to rush four guys and drop seven into the coverage, which always makes it tough on the quarterback. Yeah, Rodgers was put into some long third downs and must-pass situations. And, you know, they those plays to get those yards take time to develop. The Chargers did an excellent job scheming up some uh, blitzes that and stunts that really confused our offensive line, and the protection calls didn't pick it up, and it cost us. Yeah, Rodgers was really never able to get into a rhythm, and you know, therefore the playmakers never really were able to as well. Aaron Jones only had 29 yards after lighting it up so far this year. Devontae Adams, after missing four games he only he comes back and has seven catches for 41 yards not too bad but ironically that offense had scored 30 points a game without him so it it really kind of had highlighted Matt LaFleur and his ability to scheme and get other people involved and that was just missing from this game you know there's been some chatter on social media Um, are you buying into the theory that the Packers are better off without Devontae Adams uh you know, does people are saying that Rogers focuses too much on him and he uh, doesn't get the ball out to anyone else. I'm not buying into that. I, absolutely. I think it's just coincidental that Devonte Adams came back and the offense struggled. I think it had a lot to do with some of the things we mentioned earlier, penalties and misprotections that put the offense off schedule in third and longs. And we didn't convert those giving us not many opportunities to really get in a groove. Um, does Rodgers focus too much on Devontae Adams? Um, I'll say absolutely. I think it's only slightly. But definitely when you watch him, when um, coverage is tight on everyone, he's definitely going towards Devontae Adams instead of someone else. It's just a security factor for him, and it's just something we got to live with with Rodgers. I, I don't buy into that theory at all either. Um, in fact, uh went on our Twitter account, and every time I saw somebody – make a serious comment about that definitely went and unfollowed them. I think it's a stupid knee jerk reaction uh, to, as you put it, 
a coincidental thing that happened. Totally agree. No, uh, nothing lost there for us. Um, the other frustrating thing for our offense was with those limited possessions, we did have a couple missed opportunities on some deep balls. Um, Alan Lazard near the end zone just kind of lost track of the ball, and that one ended up falling incomplete. And uh, Jake Kumaro was deep, uh, and the ball just kind of went just through his fingertips. Don't know if he could have pulled that in or not, but he doesn't. And those are two huge plays that might have turned the game for us. Maybe he has got us back into it a little bit. Yeah, that's the that's the thing with football. It's you know, just one little play like that can completely swing it. You know, it, you you catch one of those balls, get in the end zone, and then the whole game plan changes from there. So, but uh, something to that stuck out to me uh, that Matt Lafleur said. Uh, he said that he got away from the game plan too quick. You know, is that is that coach speak? You know, just you know, good coach, good leader is obviously going to say, "Oh, it starts with me." You know, or or do you think that that was legitimately a problem? Oh, it's absolutely coach speak. But I think here uh, it does kind of highlight what happened in this game, and it fits. Um, Because, again, as we pointed out, penalties and sacks kind of killed our possessions in the first half, and we only had three of them. So I think as a coordinator, um, you can kind of stay focused and stick to your game plan. But I think as a head coach, especially a first-time head coach, you probably start to panic a little bit. And I agree that his first drive, he tried to focus on the run. And when they ended up scoring in the second half, they got back to getting the ball to uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, and they ended up getting an end zone with that. So I'm going to go with a little bit of both to answer your question. It's coach speak, but it does fit for what happened in this game. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I mean, I think you're right. Obviously, it's coach speak, but um, yeah, it really seemed to be that you know he was a little overwhelmed this game, and hopefully that's just a a rookie coach mistake and uh, by the time the playoffs get here that it can all be ironed out um but uh for the for the defense uh they had some bright spots uh they had really good red zone defense limiting the chargers to only nine points in the first half when it certainly could have been a lot worse uh but they gave up way too many yards yeah, and that's what uh, ended up kind of undoing the game for them because uh, with our offense out of sync, that bend don't break, it was ended up being a death by a million cuts. It took the ball away from Rodgers, gave him less possessions, less chances to score, and when your first few drives really don't go anywhere, it hurts you, and that was ultimately what put us behind the eight ball. Yeah, Melvin Gordon got rolling for the first time, former Badger, uh, so that was kind of bittersweet. Uh, but uh, he combined with Austin Eckler, uh, and they uh, had a season high combined 159 rushing yards, two touchdowns for Gordon. Um, and this is a unit that was held under 40 yards per game over the last four games. Now, I, I know that you know these are two good running backs, but they had been stagnant for that long. And then here come the Packers, and they can come and have this big game. What do you make of our run defense? Seems to me if a team's struggling, you're just looking on your schedule uh, to when you're going to play the Packers to get your running game on track. And it's really getting worrisome with the amount of yards that this defense is giving up on the ground. Um, We've kind of touched on some of this stuff. I think it's a combination of 
Patton playing small and protecting the pass, definitely focusing on preventing any deep passes, which is going to hurt your run game performance. Um, but that's not only on the coach. There's been a lot of missed tackles. And I think up front in that front seven, there's been some player regression or just not as much progression as we thought we'd have in the defensive line and at the linebacker position. Yeah. Is it just me or has Kenny Clark been having a bit of a down year? I got to think that there's got to be some type of injury that he's dealing with. Obviously not enough to miss time, but he's just doesn't seem like the player that he was for multiple seasons. It's not, it's not something you just lose. I, you know, I forget what game it was. I'd have to go back, but he did get injured during one of the games. Um, was able to come back and play, but um, it's just uh, hopefully that's it. And you know, as soon as he gets healed up, hopefully over the bye week, it's all going to be great. But definitely concerning. Um, so just overall with the defense, do you think that? they can become dominant again like we thought they were in the beginning of the season, or are they just going to simply have to rely on getting turnovers? Turnovers will help. I think with uh, Pet and Style, I wouldn't believe that we can call them dominant enough to where they're going to win games when the offense doesn't perform. I think they can look dominant and put teams away, but it's going to be with offensive help. If the offense can get a few points on the board early, to help kind of uh, force offenses to try and march down the field. They can stop the passing game, no problem. It's running the ball. I just don't see a path for them to get good enough to where they can be a dominant defense stopping the run. Yeah. All right. Um, enough about that. Uh, one final note about the game, though. Um, Rodgers did make a somewhat ominous quote uh, during his press conference seeming to imply that the team, a uh, little team from Green Bay, uh, enjoyed a uh, big city California life a little bit too much. Um, does this potentially explain, you know, some of the Packers falling on their faces? I hope so, because it was a pitiful, uh, pretty pitiful performance, and they really looked like they weren't ready to play. Um, either way, it's on Matt LaFleur for that. Um, it wasn't helped that they had to travel cross country. They did show up 48 hours early trying to make up for the time zone change. But also this was daylight savings time weekend. So that also tacked on an extra hour for that. And as you kind of alluded to, rumor had it, some of the players um, may or may not have had a little too much fun in L.A. on Saturday before the game. Nobody missed curfew, but, you know. They can still have fun during the regular time of the day. Yeah, and uh, as you and I know very well, you know you can still get to bed at a reasonable hour and uh, have had way too much fun that lingers into the next day uh, in a negative way. Um, but you know, I, I've I've done worse. I've definitely seen you do worse. Uh, hopefully, uh, they can uh, they can learn from this and bounce back and not do it on the next time that they go out to California in a few weeks. Um, but then we go into their injury report. Uh, so the only guy that was, uh, uh, injured scratch in, uh, was Robert Tanyan still, uh, struggling with that hip injury. Yeah. It's been a couple weeks now. We thought he was going to return. Um, he practiced last week, so, um, I expect him to be back, but we'll have to see, uh, as the week progresses. 
Yeah. Um, and then returning healthy, uh, though, we did have Devante, as we discussed a little bit, as well as Jay Sternberger uh, being uh, designated to return from uh, injured reserve and playing. Yeah, Devante seemed to be uh, missing a little bit of ex- explosion that we're used to seeing, um, but I expect that to continue to get better as we get farther away from that injury. Um, Jace, he made it back. Um, he made it in for one offensive snap, um, but I expect that to increase as we did see continuation of Jimmy Graham unable to get any yak yards again. So Jace is going to have to play a little bit bigger role in this offense, especially in the passing game. Yeah, uh, but I still uh, would have a hard time expecting uh, too much from this season. Uh, rookie tight ends tend to not do a whole lot. Uh, so I, th- I think that uh, y- you hope that he can fill in and be, be all right, but really looking for him to take a second-year jump next year. Um, then, uh, is, speaking of this game, you know it was a pretty clean game. No injuries really of significance, um, but there is some good – Good news, further good news that Abram Campbell, uh, safety, uh, is going to return from the PUP list this week. Yeah, we liked his play. The couple weeks he played last season seemed to uh, be a pretty good depth safety. Um, I think uh, we're both glad he's back with the team, and hopefully that injury didn't take anything away from his game and he can provide some depth in that secondary. Yeah, especially that hybrid linebacker uh, safety role that he kind of played. Hopefully he can help shore up the run game a little bit. All right, so this week the Packers get another pretty decent opponent. Uh, They play the Panthers, um, who sit at 5-3, despite losing Cam Newton to injury for the vast majority of the league and just got placed on IR today. Yeah, the Panthers' uh, quarterback is uh, Kyle Allen. Um, He's been doing a great job keeping this team on track. Um, But really, it's all about running back Christian McCaffrey. He's having a great season. Um, Their wide receivers are two young players that are having pretty good seasons so far with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. And tight end is Steady Greg Olson. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey has tore the league up this year. Also, they have some pretty good playmakers for Allen to throw to. Absolutely. Um, But speaking of McCaffrey, do you think that, I know MVP is a quarterback trophy basically, but do you think he might be entering that conversation? I mean, I think he's entering the fan conversation because he's white. Uh, But no, I I don't think that there's any chance that he actually gets it. It's a quarterback quarterback. it's a quarterback award and it's going to stay that way. I don't see that happening. Moving on though, to the Packers defense, uh, the Panthers defense, they have uh, been known for their defense for a while now. Yeah. Defensive line includes Gerald McCoy, Dontario Poe and Vernon Butler. Um, they run that three, four right there. And the biggest thing is going to be stopping these pass rushers. Um, we've done a great job against some earlier in the season, but struggled last week and it gets tough here with uh, Bruce Irving and my favorite draft pick, Brian Burns coming in, uh, rushing off the edge. So how pissed are you going to be if, uh, if Brian Burns comes in and gets a nice big sack on Rogers? I'm still going to try and remain calm, but I'm not going to be happy about it. Yeah. 
I, I think Rashawn Gary is going to do something to make you happy. I hope so. Their inside linebacking core consists of Shaq Thompson and Luke Keekley, Keekley being one of the best in the league. The cornerbacks are Dante Jackson and James Bradbury, and safeties rounding out the secondary are Eric Reed and Trey Boston. Yeah, maybe this isn't quite as great as of a defense as their Super Bowl season in 2015, uh, but still pretty great, uh, still led by Luke Keekley, um, and it's going to be tough to get a whole lot moving uh, with with him there. Uh, so what do you think the Panthers are going to try to do on offense? You have to imagine that Chris McCaffrey is just drooling looking at our run defense. Absolutely. Uh, statistically, they're top 10 in rushing yards. Their passing offense has um, not the yardage you'd expect, but without Cam Newton, um, that's kind of to be expected. And as you were kind of alluding to, this Panthers offense is going to be run through Christian McCaffrey, and they're going to feed him the ball on the ground and through the air, and we're going to have to find a way to stop that. Okay, and then for their defense, do you think they can replicate that four-man pass rush like the Chargers did, or are they going to have to try and stop Rodgers a different way? The Chargers have been able to um, stop the pass pretty well this year, and they can generate pressure pretty well. Um, I still have confidence in that offensive line of ours. They've played pretty well. They had this bad game against the Chargers, but I think that the Chargers just kind of got lucky and found something that day. They'll get that fixed. Um, I think for the Packers, they're definitely going to have to try and attack the rushing defense. That's where the uh, Panthers struggle a little bit. Yeah. All right. And then what do you think the Packers are going to do? Um Especially uh, Lafleur uh, getting that uh, shored up, and then what's Petten going to do to uh, stop Christian McCaffrey? Offensively, I think it's we're our own our worst enemy, and the offense needs to stay on schedule, um, gain yards on first down, and avoid third and long. Whether it's passing um, to the running backs or tight ends to get a few yards moving to kind of supplement the running game, either way is fine. But they got to stay out of third and long. And as you said, I can't really say one thing or another for the defense but number one has to be to find a way to stop or slow down Christian McCaffrey because he is their offense yeah let's hope uh Ibram Campbell can come in and uh help shore up that that run defense uh probably a little bit uh much to expect from a guy who was an undrafted free agent and uh missed uh the first half of the season uh but he played well last season, and you hope that he can do it. So then we uh, go on to our division watch. Uh, pretty miserable week for the NFC North. You got the Bears. They lost to the Eagles. Uh, and their offense just looks completely inept. Yeah, I saw that it took them till the third quarter to get a first down. And I think we both can agree that we thought the Bears offense might struggle a little bit this year. But uh, nobody expected them to be this bad, and it's really bad. You know, we, we did have that uh, podcast right after they lost their playoff game to Philly last year with the double doink, and we basically were just gloating about how, like, everything's going to, like, go poorly for them. Um, and we were pretty much right, except we were definitely a little bit more optimistic about this defense, or about their offense. Uh, you know, we, we, you know, 
said that Trubisky would hold him back, but we thought that Matt Nagy would be able to do some magic, and that just hasn't happened. So do, do you see any anything happening here, or, sh- or should they just move on and, and just try and move on from Trubisky? I was honestly expecting something crazy at the trade deadline um, because I don't, short of Trubisky just kind of clicking, I don't know how they get out of this. It's definitely led by the quarterback, and they have enough weapons that just aren't making the plays and can't get the ball into the playmaker's hands. Yeah, you know, I know people were talking about stuff at the trade deadline, but you just look at their situation. They don't have a whole lot. I mean, they they got a decent amount of cap space this year, but then next year they got a bunch of contracts coming in uh, that that really – uh, give them hardly any room. They've got hardly any draft picks. I mean, I hope they make a move because it's going to be a stupid one for them to make, a desperate one. Potentially, too, um, next season, what about Cam Newton? He now went to IR, and I don't think he's going back to the Panthers. With what cap space? That's what I'm saying, man. Uh, they, they don't they don't have any. But I don't know. So they they do then this week. They host the Lions, and this is going to be the NFC North Toilet Bowl, uh, as the loser will be taking a firm grasp on last place. I think also the losing team is going to unravel as a team. I know in Chicago, rumblings are that they're you know, having rifts between the defensive offense with these struggles, and um, I think the Lions have a better chance to win but their defense hasn't stopped anything. And if there's any way for the Bears offense to get on track, it's playing this awful Detroit Lions defense. And if that happens, uh, your defensive head coach can't stop the Bears. That's going to probably cause some issues too with the Lions. So one of these teams that I think is going to really unravel, probably both by the end of the season though. Yeah, definitely a a situation where something's got to give. Um, but the, these Lions, you know, they, they lost a close game against the Raiders. Uh, Carr did have a late touchdown to seal the game. Yeah, I'm assuming most Packer fans weren't able to watch this game since it was on during the Packer game, and we were focused on that. Um, living in Detroit, I get to hear all about it. So the Lions um, were, at the end of the game, marched down to the one-yard line, got uh the Raiders took a timeout and they got to pick their best play on fourth down at the one yard line and they blew it. So they're pretty pissed, obviously. Yeah. So then we move on to finally the Vikings. Uh, they lost a close game against Mahomes, Mahomes chiefs, uh, last second field goal to pull ahead. I think we kind of call this one because we talked about how that Chiefs team was going to be pretty tough after the way they played us, and I think Minnesota found that out, and thank goodness because it helps us. Yeah, it definitely was humorous to see all the Vikings Twitter, how they were saying, oh, you played against uh, without Mahomes, blah, 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 and that's why you won. And, well, they they weren't able to win. So um, but then this week they uh, traveled down here to the great state of Texas, and uh, they play the Cowboys. Unfortunately, they, they can't come down to Austin, uh, where it's really cool. But uh, they got to stay up in the Dallas area. This is definitely going to be one of those games, though, where I'm going to be happy with either result because I hate both teams. 
Yeah, I think the interesting too is it's going to be two heavyweight uh, running teams. So it's going to be one of those kind of bruising games where both teams try and establish their great running game. And it's going to be kind of fun to see in the second half who kind of overpowers who. We will see. Uh, definitely going to catch that one as it's the late game on Sunday night. So then the division went 0-4 this week. Uh, standing still are the Packers on top. Uh, Vikings a game back. Lions three games back. And the Bears five and a, uh, three and a half games back. Uh, just a real tough week for the division. You know, the Packers, and I guess you can make our, everyone – squandered a golden opportunity to pull ahead of the rest of the division. It's a huge disappointment because like you're saying, it was such a missed opportunity with a team that we felt that we could really take advantage of. Um, I think especially with uh, this week playing the Panthers, who personally I think is going to be a really tough challenge for the Packers. I do too. Um, so hopefully they can uh, rebound, uh, take that punch to the face that, they deserve that humble pie and uh, come back hungry and take on the Panthers. So we then finish off the week as we do every week with our hot cheddar, hot takes of the week. Brian, what you got? This week, uh, as we kind of teased earlier, I, we really think that offensive line is going to bounce back after having their only bad game of the season so far. They're going to get back to their great play, commit no penalties, keep Rodgers spotless, and they're not even going to allow a knockdown this game. That's that's pretty bold, but I like it. Um, I, I I think I think they're going to have one one uh, holding penalty, uh, but but that's just me. Um, I'm going to say Zadarius Smith's high motor propels him to a stone to cold game. He's baked up something special and bluntly slams Kyle Allen into the ground for four sacks and a loss of 20 yards. Rashawn Gary and Kingsley Kiki participated to envelop Allen in a smokescreen all game, but stay quiet in the end. Man, that's a blazing hot take. That is. Legalize it. Anyways, thanks for listening to the G-Spot Packers podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the G-Spot Packer one Please subscribe if you liked it. And if you really liked it, share with your friends and colleagues. And as always, go Pack Go.